We're back. Now that was that was that was way <laughs> that was way too much. And we're in. Survivors ready. Go. That's not the idol. What is it? It's I know. It has a face on it. I may be a lot of things, but I ain't no Hershey bar. <laughs> Can I play it? I want to play that. You are going to have to dig deep. We're back. It was a bit of a long break, longer than we meant to have. Nonetheless, we're back. It's 2021. And this is still Dig Deep, a Survivor Rewatch podcast. Um, it's We're well into January, but Happy New Year, Matt. Yeah, Happy New Year. Thank you. Um, do you have any New Year's resolutions? I have one New Year's resolution. What is it? Survivor related. Good. And this is a Survivor podcast. It's to finish Australian Survivor. Mm. I have one and a half seasons to get through. I still have to finish season three. And then all stars, and then I'm done. And Australian Survivor for our, for our listeners is an experience. Great show. It's very good. I actually got Matt turned on to Australian Survivor, but he's watched way more than I have now. I still haven't finished the first season I was watching, but it's very good. So if you're on the fence of watching any of those international survivors, Australia, very good. Um, I have a couple related to Survivor, actually. Of course, I want to make our episodes a little bit shorter. <laughs> This is a group a group resolution. Mm-hmm. We're all in on this one. We just wanted to be a bit more concise, more quality content. That's what we're all about here on Dig Deep. Uh, my second one, I also want to meet more Survivor fans. Because I feel like I don't have anyone to talk Survivor with other than you, Matt. And you get sick of my face eventually. Yeah, eventually. Uh, I just got my girlfriend turned on to it. I've uh, indoctrinated her into Survivor, but... Anybody else you want to chat about Survivor, definitely hit us up at Dig Deep Pod on uh, Twitter, Instagram. We'd love to talk Survivor because ultimately there just aren't enough, I want to say out Survivor fans. I feel like there's a lot of closeted Survivor fans. It is that kind of weird with that show that like a lot of people won't admit how much of a fan they are. Because people, you, you say you like Survivor and people give you the, that's still on. Wait, are you a 12 year old child? <laughs> so I think, I think we need to uh, remove the stigma. Of yeah, being a survivor. survivor. Come on. Be- being a survivor fan. So uh if you want to chat Survivor, we're always down, hit us up. Um, because we love Survivor. Now, Matt, I actually have some news. Mm. This is some breaking news today. This is a dig deep breaking news update. This might it might not be breaking by the time this airs, but I still want to talk about it. Break this news, son. Well, it's not my news to break. It's somebody else's news. So it's already broken, but you're breaking it to me. Sources say, sources say. Okay. Uh, Inside Survivor is reporting uh, that Survivor is eyeing a return to production in the next couple months. Hmm. Uh, I like the sounds of that. They have proposed filming dates in April and June for seasons 41 and 42. So obviously doing that back to back. Uh, This report, again, from Inside Survivor, also says the crew struck a deal with the Fijian government to resume filming, uh, so they will be sticking around in Fiji. There were some other reports, also from Inside Survivor, that they were looking at some other Caribbean destinations uh, if the Fijian government wasn't going to uh, let them film due to COVID restrictions, but they were able to get it done with Fiji. So that's really exciting news. I'm... uh, I need a new season. I really do. I was thinking about that the other day, how much fun it's going to be when we have another, uh, a new season of Survivor on Wednesday nights. Yeah, it'd be nice to just have some regularity with that. Like with most things in life right now, it'd be nice to have a little bit of an escape. So 
That'd be good. Wow, sad. <laughs> That's life, I guess. So anyway, we might as well uh, get right into it after that little bit of news. This is the big one. This is our first iconic Survivor season. I would say that we've rewatched out of our three, out of our two so far. We wanted to uh, ease into one of the bigger ones here. We wanted to get a few out of the way before we really tackled one of the, like you said, one of the heavy hitters, one of the all timers. We wanted to make sure that we were delivering quality content for such a quality season. So, on that note, we're digging into Kagiyan season twenty eight. Matt, this season is, I would say, the gold standard for new cast seasons. That's an important point for this one, because it is all new players for this game. There's no returnees, and returnee seasons are usually uh, fan favorites. So for an all newbie season, it, yeah, it's a historic one. When you look at most Survivor rankings, there are those big seasons, right? It's um, Second Chance, Micronesia, Heroes, Villains, Winners at War is in there for some of those all returning player seasons. Kagiyan also makes it into that top five usually in most rankings uh, from those in the Survivor community. So obviously, uh, very, very good. And I'm very excited uh, to get into this one. I would say um, this season, it's it's just perfect. It's got a great mix of blind sides, just the right amount of hidden idols, I would say, along with some of the best characters and strategists we've seen. All the fixins. It has, it has everything. I also think this is a really important season because it kind of marks the end of the uh, Survivor Dark Ages. It marks it, it ends it in an abrupt fashion. Yeah, because I mean, we get, of course, people like the Philippines, which is season 25. People like the First Blood versus Water season 27. But other than that, in the 21 to 28 range. It was, it was rough for a while. There. It was hard. That's when I dropped out. And this kicked off a string of pretty good seasons. And into the 30s, it kicked off into quite a few good seasons and quite a few newbie seasons, too. It brought Survivor back, I would say. Um, so, Matt, what do you think? No spoilers. What what do people need to know about this season before they watch it? I think one of the important notes for this season and something that I always look for in a season is characters. And I think this season is is great in terms of characters. And characters that have an impact on the game there's a lot of side characters and seasons that are fun someone like rodney not as involved in the game well i bring up rodney a lot but uh <laughs> uh all the characters in this game are players and i think that's rare in a survivor season yeah well and i think there's a character kind of for everyone you have a uh a super fan hardcore strategist who really knows the game you have uh, a wild card you have uh, somebody who's uh, very upfront, bold. Mr. Loyal. Yeah, somebody who's very loyal. So whatever character traits you look for in Survivor, um, this season has probably one that you're going to like. And uh, a high level of confrontation, I'll say, which some people maybe don't like that. For me, bring me the drama. I like it. Bring the heat. I love the tea. So that, makes, that gets my blood boiling. I like it. So um, something I wanted to point out just before... If you're ever going in to Survivor Kagiyan and you listen to the theme song, Matt, you know I love theme you're, songs. This is you. You take over. <laughs> you know I love theme songs. I mentioned this in our last episode, which was all about the best Survivor theme songs. My favorite one, Micronesia Season 16. They have reused elements from this, uh, from, from Survivor Micronesia's theme moving forward because Russ Landau dropped out after Season 27. However... 
they only use those elements from Micronesia in very good seasons. And guess what Kagiyan has? Well, I'm going to say it's probably got something to do with Micronesia. A lot of parts of the Micronesia theme. Anyway, they knew what they had. They knew what they were doing. Uh, they reserve those parts for very good seasons. So I think uh, they knew what they had and they knew people were going to love it. And I do. It's a wild ride. So I think um, let's just go for it. Um, as per usual, spoilers ahead for Survivor Kageyan. Of course, we'd love if you watch along with us. Uh, Kageyan is one of the two seasons that's currently on Netflix in the States. So that's great. Another option for people to watch. Easily accessible. Easy way to get introduced to the show, I would say. And two very good seasons on there. So again, spoilers for season 28 Survivor Kageyan. We will be covering the pre-merge portion up to the merge episode. Let's do it. All right, Matt. Season 28. Kageyan colon brains versus brawn versus beauty colon season 28 colon survivor Mm. it's a lot of colons there yeah this is uh it's the gold standard i'd say so it's up there for me again i think i said it in the intro but perfect mix of everything and it's great like i said it's a good introduction season for someone who's never watched before this theme, Brains, Brawn, Beauty, has been used twice, uh, but obviously it is a fan favorite now due to this season, of course. And I liked it the second time they did it as well. I think it worked both times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did it again in uh, season 32, Kao Rong. Um, lots of good characters in that one as well. So I think let's just get right into it. Let's do it. So we have three tribes, Brains, Brawn, Beauty. And this is kind of the beginning of the Survivor themes where they really steer into the themes, you know? They're like sometimes like, a little too hard. Like they're the, the the David versus Goliath, the millennials Gen X, the brain brown beauty. You know how the, are how are you a brain? And uh, I'm a huge nerd. <laughs> and the time they went into the different collars of people in terms blue collar, white collar, and no collar, no collar. So I uh, this is kind of the first themed season I would say because uh, I don't really count blood versus water in that. Um, but they did get very stereotypical people for each category which kind of i think helps it is a tv show obviously and they need to package it and sell it so you want those people that really do identify with those those tribes and those those names well and they steer into it right away with the editing i mean the brains are just kind of super nerdy and they're like i'm smart and then the the beauties are all like you know ew ugly people get away from me gross (laughs) disgusting so this has an interesting start um, this season, tribes have to pick a leader and the leaders then pick the weakest person to do something. It's like being voted out, sort of. That person gets to go back to camp and they are uh, they are given an option. Do they take a clue to the hidden immunity idol or do they get an extra bag of rice for their tribe? We had three people do it. We had uh, Garrett on the brain tribe. We had Trish on the Braun tribe, and we had Morgan on the Beauty tribe. Garrett goes for the idol, Morgan goes for the idol, and Trish takes the rice. Matt, what would you do in this situation? You're presented with this choice. I mean, pretty obviously I would go for an idol, but uh, based off of how things play out for the people that make these decisions, maybe Trish makes the right choice. Yeah, I think I would go for the idol too. I think, um, I think it's a really easy lie to get around it, and you don't even really have to 
lie. Like you could sort of do it like a white lie. This is one of those ones though that can come back and bite you, and which this, it does, which it does in this season. So you have to be careful of of in how in what way you do lie if you are going to lie, because eventually you're going to be with these other players, and maybe your secret gets revealed. Mm-hmm. And if you're a bad liar and make up a bad story. You're going to get revealed right away. Yeah, because in the moment, I thought that Morgan's move was really good. She said, oh, I, I got I had to choose between, you know, some um, I think it was like shelter building gear and like the and, and I chose rice over beans or something. I, I thought that was an OK move. Well, because there was so much gear to start out with and obviously she got to see that before everyone else. So why not? And I agree that was a, a smart move from Morgan. Yeah. So in the moment, I I, I really liked that. Um. I think Trish, you start to see who Trish is with her move being the one of three that does end up uh, doing something for the tribe and not for herself. And that's emblematic of the rest of her game, I'd say. Yes, it is. Uh, I think this whole episode is kind of all about, they do a really great job of setting up who these people are. We get a good idea right off the bat. One of Tony's first confessionals is him saying how he would have taken the idol clue because Trish tells them all, hey, I had to choose between an idol clue or rice. And Tony just goes, yeah, I, I would have taken the idol clue. And with Trish revealing that, like I said earlier, now six people in this game know that Morgan and Garrett potentially lied to their tribes. And they have that information, which is power in this game, over them. Definitely. So I think... um that's definitely interesting. That kind of progresses. We see it pop up a few more times in the season. Um, one of the interesting things in this, in this episode is um, we see Tony and Sarah, and they have their first cop convo. You're a cop, right? No. <laughs> Here's my question. So Tony lies. He says, and he kind of, he explains it in the reunion that he 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 thought that it would sort of, um, you either love cops or you hate cops. And there's a strong stereotype about cops, I'd say, or a strong, people have a strong opinion or a strong idea of what a cop is. So do you think, do you think he needed to lie there? Do you think like uh, somebody in a job like that, like a cop or I don't know, like they haven't, well, they have had special agent uh, Philip on before, but you know, they haven't had really any other um, outside of straight up like law enforcement. They haven't had any of those, uh, those types. Cause I feel like we've had firefighters and everyone's just like, oh, firefighters, oh, you're, amazing. A, you're a, you're a hero. So what do you think? Do you think he needs to lie there? I would say if I was in that situation, I probably wouldn't want to tell people. The thing is, he just gets called out so quickly by someone who is just so sure of it. And a cop herself, right? I just think he got kind of in an unlucky situation maybe, but I don't necessarily disagree with that move. Well, and I think especially moving forward, given the um, the social climate of the world, if... Uh, if moving forward, if there's cops on Survivor, I think they'd probably be more likely to um, to lie about it just because there is a lot of uh, division and uh, talk about about cops. So I think I didn't like the move. I, I don't mind lying to everybody, but I think he should have owned up to her right away. And then tried to build that bond right away. Because then he ends up doing it anyway. It eventually comes out, yeah. But... I think he could have gotten going on a little bit earlier, but Sarah seems to trust him anyway. In this first immunity challenge, um, this might be one of the first or one of the worst uh, tribal 
challenge performances in history from the Brain Tribe. And they have a few pretty bad ones. It's a disaster. <laughs> but like they have some bad ones. But this one was like they're 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 trying to push the 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 chest through the thing and their puzzle pieces are falling everywhere. They're behind. They don't even get to do the part of the challenge, the puzzle that they're supposed to be good at because they're so far behind. They are have no way of catching up by the time they reach there. And it's interesting to note with Garrett because he is massive. He looks like he's this strong built guy that's going to help so much in challenges. And they do try and even that out. They're all brains, brawn, beauty tribes, but they try and even out the, I guess, physical types. Um, but Garrett just cannot help them in any way physically. Yeah. Well, and I think we see very quickly that mentally he's not, he's not with it. No. He talks about, he's a poker player. He talks about how he's used to sitting at a table, having drinks and food brought to him for his job. Must be nice. Must be nice. Must be nice. So the brains lose and it's just a disaster. Uh, in this first vote out, David goes home, the MLB exec. That was uh, interesting uh, that they had someone of that caliber on the show. I love it when they bring, I guess, people from who have succeeded in other areas and are maybe celebrities. I didn't know who he was coming in, but maybe to uh, a baseball fan, that was a pretty big name. Well, I just wondered how he was able to take, you know, 45, 50 days off from work. Well, he was the Marlins GM, right? So that might help explain it. Nice little sports joke for you. Um, so David goes home and sort of he was sort of aligned with Cass in this first one. So I kind of see this as the first strike in the Spencer versus Cass battle. Spencer got the uh, the best of her on this one. He and Garrett working together. Um, but that, of course, develops as the season moves on. Oh, that one brews. That one brews for sure. There's some definite uh, body blows from both sides. We go into the second boot, uh, the second part of the first episode. We get to see Tony. He's building a spy shack. This Classic. Is, this is his chance, he, he, his idea. He's going to build a little area behind the shelter that he can hide and listen to people, which is very interesting. I mean, it's been done in passing before. And people have randomly eavesdropped on people and heard things. But the idea of specifically going out and setting out to do it was kind of a innovative strategy. Yeah, I think before it's been done kind of in the I'm I'm going to go I'm going to go do this, but like this took some real forethought. And it just took a zany personality just going out there and trying something too. Like Tony just he, he kind of threw caution to the wind a lot and obviously it works out, but uh I guess he, I think he was just trying to have fun with it out there too and you know what? It is a fun strategy, and it's something that he carries forward to winners at war. Well, and that definitely shows through uh, in his gameplay. Um, moving into this next immunity challenge, another complete disaster for the Brain Tribe, and they have Jatia in the hero puzzle maker role at the end. And Matt, what's what's our rule about puzzles? Never agree to be the puzzle person. Don't be the hero. You don't need to. But here's my question. So they. <laughs> They know that she is, well, so she's a nuclear engineer. Which is scary. That is scary. Well, just like that she can do that. But like she hasn't been doing anything at camp and they don't like her at this point. She's been very bossy. Um, so why do they stick her in that role? Why do they trust her with that? Because up until this point, she hasn't done anything useful. And, and even in the first challenge, 
she was not very helpful. In a way, it could be them pushing her under the bus. It could be them saying, you know what, let's sink her further. And if she wanted it, then, you know, go ahead. Like, maybe they were taking our rule into account. I don't want to be the one who has to carry the team and have it all on my back. That's true. But I just think early on, you can't go down two people. I mean, you could. They do. They do. <laughs> so Jatia blows it. They go back to tribal. Um, the brains, uh, not the brains, the brawn, they win some fishing gear. And Tony, right off the bat, bang, I know that in rewards, there are uh, idle clues, often. Always thinking this. Tony always thinking, guy. always on his toes. So he finds one in the uh, an, an idle clue in the fishing gear reward. Back at the brains tribe before tribal. So Garrett's plan is he wants everybody to, he calls it an open forum. He wants to have an open forum and everybody just openly talk about what they want to do at tribal council, which is, in his mind, vote out Jatia. And this is something that's happened multiple times in the history of Survivor, and it never seems to be a good strategy. It never really seems to work. Boston Rob is the person who I think of who maybe could pull this off. He didn't in Winners at War. The buddy system. The buddy system. It just, I feel like it just instantly rubs people the wrong way. Well, and the thing is, the buddy system is keeping everyone tight so that you know they're not talking about anything else. It's not having the conversation openly in front of the person you're going to vote out. Who should we vote out, guys? Yeah. Because again, and I think Jatia, I mean, obviously she's a little bit zany. I'll say zany. That's a nice way of saying it. She's zany. And I think she'd been pushed pretty far at this point because uh, in the first before the first boot, Cass directly tells her. She says, I'm going to vote for you. Mm-hmm. We she, get, she had a target painted on her pretty quickly. We get to see Cass's straightforward and bold um, take on the game. So this is the second tribal in a row that she had been told directly, hey, you're going, you're probably going home. And so when she has a moment alone, she dumps the rice. Which is an interesting move. Which is hilarious. And you know what? I somewhat sympathize with it. If I was in that position and I was like, this is the end of my game and I was bitter and I feel like I had been mistreated. You know what? Screw you guys. I'm going to dump the race. Oh, burn the village down. I'm yeah. I'm perfectly happy with that. I, I Plus think it's entertaining. And this, what do we watch this show for? Well, and it's just like, I think at Tribal um, in the next one, I think Jeff says, that's why you don't tell people they're getting voted out. Yeah. Because they'll Don't do, do it. Because they'll do stupid stuff. Especially so she, they knew she was a little loopy too. Zany as you put it. Like they knew it. And they left her alone at the camp. Well, and the funny thing is because Garrett's so paranoid about Cass and Tosh going off to talk. They leave her alone at camp. And, and, and Cass is like, we can't leave her alone up there. And she was right. <laughs> Which is just hilarious, just them talking, just like, you think we should go check on her? <laughs> and they're just, like, a lot of the unintentional comedy in this is great. Yeah, and they're just like, yeah, it's fine. And then it's just her just like dumping out every grain of rice from the bag. So, Jatia, if you're listening to this, we get you. We get it. And also, I love her confessional after she does it when that, that laugh, it, it sticks with you. It's a, it's a zany laugh. <laughs> well, and so we, we go to Tribal Council and... um. The tables turn, and uh, Garrett actually goes home. 
Well, well, well. Well, well, well. How the turntables. And so th- the funniest thing about this whole situation is now that Jatia has to go back to camp and she doesn't have any rice. <laughs> so I think, but it's it's very, it's very karma. She, she did a bad thing, arguably. And uh, immediate punishment. She's back. No food. She thought she was going to be eating a cheeseburger at Ponderosa. Nope. Interesting note with Garrett too. He does he does get voted out with an idol. We should have said that he did find it that uh, that first day um, when he got back to camp and had to pick finds the idol. So he had it with him. Gets voted out with it. He actually left it at camp. He didn't bring it to travel. Interesting, but still voted out of the game with an idol in his possession. Yeah, good catch. Um, yeah, well, and I think as I said earlier, he was kind of mentally checked out. He was already sort of saying like, "Oh, this is so hard." Like I. Uh, I don't know. This is the hardest thing I've ever done. Uh. For a guy that's like as in good shape as he is, it seems like maybe he should be able to be to handle the conditions a little bit more. Well, but I, mean, again, I guess it's more of a mental thing than a physical thing. A poker player who deals with obviously a lot of stress, mental, mental pressure. I don't know. Some people just don't cut it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Uh, Tony and Sarah. He finally admits to her that he is a cop. And Cops R Us is born. The most cop-looking person ever is a cop. Surprise. <laughs> this is also uh, in episode two. This is the annual rain episode where they, they go look at all this rain. Yeah, that became a theme, especially around that era where there were just these crazy storms that would come through and just demolish camps. Well, and because I also think they... This is around the time where the game changed. It wasn't so much about survival, but I think they still want to show like, hey, remember, this is hard. Hey, this is still real. This is still hard. And so, of course, just like the classic shots of people showing you their gross, wrinkly hands that are like blue. There's a few staples. That's definitely one of them. Yeah. Be shivering together in a just pile. Crying. Crying. Yeah. Uh, and... LJ does something interesting during this storm. So everybody's just huddled and he just goes, you know what? I'm just, we have some time to kill here. Nobody's doing anything. I'm going to go look for the idol. And he had seen, because Morgan took the clue on the first day. And so Morgan was looking out around in the, in the, in the Bay Area um, by their camp around the rock wall. And so he went, well, we saw her. I saw her over there. So maybe she was over there looking for something. Let's go take a peek. And so everybody's, Huddled in the uh, the shelter, and so he goes, and he finds the idol in the ocean. Here's... Which was a great, that's great strategy, to think that, hey, maybe she was out there looking for that, and maybe she didn't find it, because he wasn't certain either way. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know what, it's worth a look. You're out there all day, might as well, and you have that opportunity where everyone's huddled in the in, at camp, go look. Well, and you're just sitting around, but, okay, so here's my question. So one, okay, so it's attached to a rock. How does the rock not, like... I don't know, move around, tide, ocean, you know? Is that not a good point? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe they have it tied down somehow or I guess. stick in the ground. I'm not sure. Okay, my other more survival. Or maybe it's all filmed on a on a stage in California. Maybe. Maybe. Do you, are we digging into a bigger conspiracy here? No. No, okay. <laughs> my more survivory point is why did they let him do this? He's within eyesight of the beach and they all just sit there and they just i mean obviously like they're all very cold tired whatever but they just kind of he just kind of goes like nobody follows him i feel like they he had a quite a high level of trust already built at that point a lot of people really trusted lj early on yeah that is true he did have um jeffra and alexis very tight very quickly 
And he was also one of the providers. So him going off to maybe get something for the camp wasn't necessarily that crazy of an idea. That's true. Even if I'm with him, though, I'm keeping an eye on him. Absolutely. It's Survivor. And And maybe they were. Who knows? In the next challenge, the Brain Tribe is able to win their first immunity. And they get a tarp. Good for them. Beauty gets sent to tribal. And this was a really interesting tribal for me. So, again, like you said, we have uh, Jeffra, we have uh, LJ, we have Alexis, and they're a tight three. And then we have Morgan, and we have Bryce, and they're a tight two. And Jeremiah is in the middle, and he is kind of... Well, this confused me. I wasn't really sure who he was more committed to in terms of words given or whatever. Mm -hmm. I really thought that he was more connected through the editing. It seemed like he was closer with Bryce and Morgan than the other three. It never, it's never always that clear though. Who's, who's going with who. And, and that's maybe they needed more time to develop that, but yeah, I'm not too sure. Well, cause here's my thing. So they go to tribal council and their, their idea is to split votes. So their plan is to have four with Jeremiah go two, two, two. And send, uh, and then on the revote, Bryce send Bryce. The tie. If Jeremiah, I mean, he could have voted with them. This could have been a three-two-one vote. And then he's in power. And then he's in power. So I'm not too sure why he didn't. It's, I, it's, I don't want to say it, but I don't know if he is the most strategic, brilliant survivor player true. out there. I know, but I, I feel like Bryce could have pitched it or something. It's just like, and maybe they did, but I just feel like. Bryce seemed like he knew what was going on. He seemed very connected to the game, and he's a guy who I I think I might want to have back at some point. Well, and I think that's probably why they targeted him, because they were kind of going, well, we have Morgan, or we have Mm -hmm. this guy who's very good socially. And that makes sense. And obviously, they thought he was probably a little bit better in challenges, but the scare of strategy ultimately was Bryce's demise. Definitely. Some of the best one-liners at Tribal. Bryce, he was... uh... He was a sassy boy. Ugh. I loved it. So anyway, that was too bad. He's a great character. I, I would also like to see him back. Um, but again, I was just this. The, the, the strategy fan in me is just screaming on the inside going, you could have. You could have fl- flipped it. Big move right off the bat. Take out LJ. Mm-hmm. But alas, not everybody. Uh, not everybody cares about the strategy. And not everyone has the benefit of watching it from their couch and then reacting to it after the fact. Hey, man. <laughs> Stop attacking me. That's what we do here. We're armchair, we're armchair GMs. What do you want me to say? All right. <laughs> Into the next episode. I had to defend Jeremiah, okay? Good. Beauty, they win a reward. They get chickens. And... um. Uh, they have a really great discussion about how chickens make their eggs. I don't want to get into it, but man, uh, I, that was just so horrifically stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. We also get the um, annual chicken neck ringing. Mm-hmm. Which, where they, you can hear it, but you can't see it. Yeah. And it's, 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 I don't really like it. They've stopped doing that. I think. Um, hey man, where do you think your food comes from? Heading into the immunity challenge, Braun is looking at throwing the challenge so they can get rid of Cliff, which historically in Survivor, never a good idea. Never a good move. So they're going to. I think it's Wu and um, 
uh, Wu and Sarah, Sarah and Trish. And they do a good job of, of throwing it. They do. However, there's an NBA player on your team, guys. Yeah. And it, <laughs> and it just happens to be like a basketball type challenge. That's the survivor. God say, hey, you guys don't do that. Yeah. So Cliff, uh, he gets uh, he gets hot from the three point line. And he's draining he's them draining from his them. knees. And you can see that like Trish and Sarah, they're in the water and they have to throw it back to him. And they're like f- doing their best job to like flounder and like, you know, not these weak throws. not Because these are two athletic chicks. Like they, mm-hmm. you know, they should be able to get the ball to him. But the brain tribe just sucks they were, so much. They were much. actually floundering. They couldn't, they, they couldn't swim at all. They couldn't do anything. And Spencer just losing his mind. I love that guy because he... You always know what Spencer's feeling and thinking. Yeah, great reactions. But here's great my question reactions. again with the with the challenge strategy. So they put Jatia in a terrible spot in the previous challenge, and they put her in a terrible spot in this one. They have Tasha, who's also not a super strong swimmer, but Jatia backstroking to to the ball and is then not pops great. it out of the out of play and yeah. has to go get it even further. So Tasha, who's uh, who's very physical, very good at challenges. So she's her job is just to hand Spencer the ball when. When he sinks one mm-hmm. again, we, you, you got to strategize in these situations. Who's in what spot? Because Jatia killed them. And again, Braun was throwing it. And brain still lost. <laughs> one of the more dif- dysfunctional tribes in the history of the game. So they definitely deserve to go to tribal council for that one, because what a joke. What a joke. It's fun to watch, though. But. Good thing for Spencer was that Jatia was so bad in the challenge. And his, so his pitch to um to Tosh and Cass is, hey, you guys aren't going to win anything without me. Because the girls kind of have a little thing going on. And he's the odd man out. His last ditch effort is, you guys need me. Hey, this is, yeah. That was his pitch and he needed to do it. And I mean... I obviously they eventually do come to the right realization that that's probably the best move. So Jatia does go home and honestly, she's good TV. She is for those, for those three episodes. Good TV. I wouldn't want any more. It was a lot, but she's very good TV. Drop swap. Drop your box. Drop them. So this is an interesting swap because so Sarah, um, she ends up alone. She's in between three tribes and three uh, three brains and three beauties. We have uh, Spencer, Cass, Tosh, Morgan, Alexis, and Jeremiah. And then on the other tribe, we have um, it's all it's five brawn and two beauty. So we have Cliff, Lindsay, Wu, Trish, Tony, Jeffra, and LJ. A very weird split. Very weird split. Yeah, with th- th- such heavy numbers on the brawn side. Um, of there. But if you're in Sarah's position, it's probably, if you are going to be kind of stranded in that way, it is good to be stranded the way she was. It's better to be stranded between two equal groups. Mm -hmm. And stranded by yourself. Mm -hmm. Because you obviously you could be the easy vote out. But also, like you said, two equal sides, easy split vote. Swing vote, sorry. An easy number to pick up. Uh, this challenge, I think it's called kicking and screaming. I love this one. The one where they're 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 holding, they're bear hugging the uh, the giant poles, and they have to just literally just wrestle each other off of them. Oh yeah, this one's fun. Really fun. So, and especially we have a lot of very physical people. 
And you have Cliff, who is just an enormous human being. Well, I mean, how tall is he? He's high six feet, maybe seven. Well, I thought he played, was he a center or a forward? He's a big guy. I don't know. I don't know. We'll say he was. Sure. Anyway, really tall. Tall guy. Taller than the average <laughs> he person. He played in the NBA. He played in the NBA. So he has some reach, and he just he just wraps those long legs and arms around that pole, and they are not getting not him getting off. They're not getting him off. So that tribe wins it. Um... The tribes get back to camp and um, a weird little relationship starts forming between Trish and, and LJ, which is a little bit um, weird. Trish doesn't hide her uh, her love for him very well. No. Those laughs are... <laughs> well, here's my question. Like, LJ is not unattractive, but in terms of, like, hot dudes... He's a pretty hot dude, man. He doesn't have, he's losing the hair again. <laughs> he's I think, rugged. I think he was a good player. I don't get it. That's all. I'm he's say. a rugged, good Boston boy. Okay, Massachusetts kid. There you go. That's why he and Trish are good pals. Uh, so after this swap, Sarah sort of outs Morgan for her early decision to pick up the idol clue instead of um, rice for the tribe. So, like we said earlier, this eventually comes back to to haunt them and bite them in the back in the, in the butt a little bit. In the next immunity challenge, the Brains, they end their losing streak. Well, they did win one, but they were doing a lot of losing. So they end their losing streak. This is a really interesting one because it is it incorporates two of those kind of main categories, Brains and Brawn. You have literally a two walls that you have to puncture through with a battering ram, and then you use the log as a puzzle. I mean, if that isn't Brains and Brawn, then like... It's very on Tell brand. me what is. <laughs> So that's a really good one. So the um, the brain, the new brain tribe that has the three remaining brains, they get it. So after immunity, it looks like LJ's the vote on the mostly brawn tribe. However, um, Trish, she uh, fancies him. The uh, His dashing good looks and his Massachusetts... By the way, can I just say that neither of them, Trish or LJ, strike me as people from Massachusetts. That's a side point. Well, Trish but sounds like she's from Massachusetts. She does. Neither of them have that look. I don't even know if she really sounds like it, but I don't know. Not the point. Anyway, LJ, anyways. LJ doesn't look like Mark Wahlberg, so you're skeptical. Is that what you're saying? Yes. My idea or, of everyone from Massachusetts is Mark Wahlberg. Or Ben Affleck. Or Ben Affleck. Batman. The best Batman. Um, <laughs> sorry. Side point. Anyways. Uh, so his flirting with her and his just natural dashing good looks have paid off. His beauty has paid off. Well, and he fully admits to this. He says, yeah, Trish is flirting with me, so I'm going to let that ride if uh, anything that'll get me a little bit of favor with them. Might as well. So Trish makes the case for LJ, and they end up flipping on uh, Cliff because I guess he was sort of the vote-out option earlier on in the Braun tribe, so they think that he's going to be a threat down the line, which probably would be. Pretty epic blindside, too, and some great reactions. Wu's face... Uh, on this one is absolutely amazing. Wu just looks like he's seen a ghost. Well, because Wu loves. Well, because he knew who he was on day one. He that's he's a huge basketball fan, which comes up later in the show. And he that's Cliff Robinson. I know him, amazing. And so he was great friends with him. That was Wu's. Everyone thinks of Tony and Wu, but it was Wu and Cliff at the start. So Cliff goes home. Um, Cliff actually passed away this past year. Yeah, that's sad. That was sad to to read. R.I.P. He was pretty young, so that's very sad. 
Moment of silence. Mm-hmm. When they get back to camp, they did not have a moment of silence because uh, Trish and Lindsay just started screaming at each other. Lindsay was not happy. And it, it, I don't like this because it's, you are just about to vote someone out. And it gets turned on you, not you specifically, but your alliance member gets voted out. That's the game. You know what you signed up for. I hate it when people react like this. Well, it's just, it's very, it's very sore losery. And so oh, she takes sore losery to a whole nother level. So she goes down the beach off by herself and calls Jeff and says, I want to quit. So she says her, her rationale is she says she doesn't want to absolutely lose it on Trish and have that be on TV and have her daughter see it. So I understand that rationale. However, I don't at all understand that. Well, I, I, I understand. I get her saying that. I, I get being like, okay, I, I understand. That was her just trying to find a way oh, out. I'm not saying she should quit. I'm just saying. Her saying that, I go, yeah, I get that. Should you quit? No. You don't like this person, so make it your goal to get her out. Do everything in your power. Sabotage her game somehow. If you really dislike this person, affect her game. Don't just quit. All that does is make Trish win even more, and then Trish gets to have the last word, too. Trish can say whatever she wants about her once she's gone. And she does. And it's... I don't know. I just don't like anybody quitting in this game for anything that's not a good reason. Obviously, there's good reasons to, to have to leave the game, but something like this, something doesn't go your way, so you're bouncing, you're out, because you, you lost a vote in the game of Survivor. It's just, I thought that was, I really didn't like that, and I lost a lot of respect for her, yeah, as you, I think a lot of people did. Yeah, even if you're on the bottom, there's always there's always a way out. Or, yeah, just do anything to claw your way back at her in any way. Like, you don't... Yeah, or blow up everybody's game before you get voted out. There's always an option. So I'm saying I I understood what she was saying. I don't think she should have quit, but that's that. Uh, an interesting reward in the next challenge that we haven't seen. For, I, I can't remember when the last time this was used before this. The tribe raid. Mm, this is a fun one. Yeah. So the brawn, I'm just going to call it the new brawn tribe. I can't remember who's who. They're on the purple tribe. So it's not the Braun tribe, but you're rebranding them. The new I'm rebranding them. New Braun, even though they're not New Braun, they're purple, but they're Braun. New Braun. Tony and Wu get to raid Apari. Right. Okay. So they're on Solana. I got it. There we go. I got there. The tribe raid. This was a big thing in early, early Survivor, like the first ten seasons. But it, I don't think it. I can't think of it happening often. It uh, definitely doesn't happen often. I'm the, trying to think if it happens. Any other times in recent seasons and nothing stands out to me. Of course, we could have be missing something, but no. So it stick out to me. So a very unique reward. So the interesting thing about this is they do get a little list of things that they they have some options of things they can take. But the very interesting thing that they get is they get a um uh, an idle clue. I love what they do with it too. And so it's an idle clue for their own beach. But Tony says, "Let's use this." I, this is just trickery. This is just how can we. How can we throw a grenade as we leave? It's, that's essentially what it is. Let's just toss a grenade out there and then walk away and see what happens. Well, and this is, an, I think this just shows what a great imagination Tony has. I mean, this is that's unprecedented. That's a really good way of putting it. He has a great imagination out there. He's creative. This, I, because I mean, I, I don't think an idle clue has been used in that way to sabotage somebody like that ever and his execution of this move is is kind of sloppy but it's still like it's a very tony way of doing it tony doesn't 
he's very rough around the edges. I would say he does play a sloppy game sometimes. Um, but it's effective, and it all it did is get a, it got people thinking, and that's all you needed to do. Well, and again, it's just perfect sitting at home because you're going, man, like he's being so obvious about it, and it's so clear that he obviously just wanted to sing, um, single Jeremiah out. And afterwards, so he gives Jeremiah the clue, he lets him read it, whatever. And then Jeremiah, he 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 tells them what, the tribe what's going on. He's like, guys, I know it's the same clue we got on the old beach. He's just trying to single me out and put a target on me. And then they're all like, oh, yeah. And then in their confessionals, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then in their confessionals, they're all like, I don't believe that for a second. Which is exactly what Tony wanted. It happened perfectly. But you're right. He was a little bit sloppy. Like he said, Jeremiah, you have to come over here with us right now. We have to talk to you right now over here. <laughs> uh, so we're giving this to you right now. You have to take this. <laughs> it's an idle clue. Just in case anybody else was wondering. <laughs> Very heavy-handed. <laughs> yeah, and then they're and then they're walking away, and he goes, "Oh, I gotta go get the clue, or else they're gonna know that it's the old clue." <laughs> like so he, this wouldn't have been more <laughs> organized, organized by yeah. Survivor the, itself. The producers would have done something about it. Yeah, but it's just like Tony be like, "Oh man, we forgot it." Oh well, Jeremiah, I need that back from you. <laughs> Wait, actually. <laughs> uh, oh God! So that was so much fun. But that then was after great. this, great fun. but then after this, Tony knows he pulled off a fun big move, and he gets really confident when he gets back to camp. He tells everybody he's a cop. He's talking about how he's he's been lying a lot, and everyone kind of starts to notice. They're like, "Oh man, this guy was a cop, and he lied about it really well." Little shady, little, little shady. shady, just a little bit. In the immunity challenge, we get our very first, very survivor challenge of the season. We need a little um. We need a little like sound effect, a little drop for like the very survivor challenge. What could that be? I don't know. What about Jeff yelling dig deep? No, like like we need a jingle. Hmm. We'll work on it. We'll we'll hire somebody. Cuz it comes up every episode. We could have an award. The very survivor challenge award. Okay. We'll we'll workshop. We'll work on it for you guys. I know you're really excited about this. So this one, eh, very survivor. Let's let let's get into it. There's steps. It's a puzzle. It's a multi-level crawl through. There's a key on a string. You got to get through a maze, which unlocks a machete, which you cut through. And, and then there's a combination lock. Good times. So the Solana tribe, or New Bron, as I like to call them, wins this one. On the other side, we have um, the three... No, the three brains, the three beauty, and Sarah. So it, uh, it's interesting on this one because we sort of have the beauty just splinters immediately. They were already pretty fractured. Because Jeremiah was sort of on the outs with both of the girls. Morgan didn't trust him because he flipped on her. And then um, Alexis didn't trust him because he had he had kind of two-timed them a little bit. And the brains pick up on this pretty quickly and they realize that their best option, as much as they may not like each other, Cass and Spencer at this point, they're not fans of each other. They realize that, hey, if we can just stick together here, we're going to get further in the game. They're clearly splintering. And it was just so apparent and so obvious and they pick up on it right away. And so that makes it a really easy decision for Sarah as well on who to vote with here, because obviously you can either, you know, anchor your boat or um, tie your boat to a sinking ship or not. So it's between Alexis or Jeremiah. 
So the brains and plus Sarah get to kind of make the decision. Alexis goes home and she's very confused about it. Well, they ultimately think that she's probably a bit more of a strategist than Jeremiah. And I think that's why she goes. Is she? I I thought I, I, I we were talking before we recorded and you weren't as big a fan as her. I thought she kind of knew what she was doing. She was a little bit sporadic and I would say a little bit uh, scattered out there. Um, but I think she was at least invested in the game. And for someone who's definitely a side character on this show, it's nice that someone, uh, for a side character, to kind of know what's going on. And I, I do feel like you're not giving her enough credit for that. I mean, compared to Jeremiah, let's say. I didn't see anything that impressed me at all with her. I'm Unimpressed. sorry. I, I think they picked her off because she was undoubtedly just going to link back up with LJ when they got back, to, uh, when, it, when they merge. And that's fair. So they get back to camp. They say that they're going to stay a strong six. So we have the three brains, Spencer, Cass, and Tasha. And then we have uh, Sarah and then Jeremiah and Morgan. They're going to stay strong six. They're like, we think a merge is coming. And uh, would you look at that? They were right. They were right. Drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Again. So the night after they make this promise to each other, Cass and Sarah are hanging out. And Cass tells Sarah to her face that she thinks that she would be the one to flip on them. Interesting strategy. It is. And I wonder why. Is that just, was there a strategy to that? Or or was that just Cass just shooting off the hip? Just like saying, you know what, uh, doing doing what she's done all season and just kind of just telling people exactly what she thinks. Well, I think that's part of it. But also, obviously, Sarah does have the connection to the old tribe. But... Yeah, I don't know. Cass just uh, maybe likes to stir up a little drama sometimes, too. Because the thing... Well, she definitely does. She definitely does. <laughs> Sorry, I should say she definitely does. She definitely does. We can confirm. Confirm. Dig deep confirms. We've Cass, done the research. a little bit of a troublemaker. <laughs> but so I think... I mean, this sets off all the drama. I think Sarah honestly would have been very loyal to them. Um, But instead, when the merge happens, she is... uh. She is the prettiest girl at the dance. She and Cass doesn't like that. She doesn't. And and it's like you you said that. So Cass accuses her. But then it's almost like Cass builds that up in her own head. Then further beyond that, leading to what is. Well, and the reason the reason that there was any question from Sarah is because Cass said that Mm -hmm. she only has doubt and goes, maybe I should go with the other guys because of what Cass said. So it's a little bit of a a little a little bit of a catch twenty two. A cast twenty two. A cast twenty two. That's a good one. <laughs> Ooh. That's a good one. Um, so of course, so Tony starts working on Sarah right away to bring her back into the fold. And of course, Sarah knows she has a lot of power. And that goes to her head a bit. It does. Sarah lot. loses it here a bit. And it's interesting to see this version of Sarah. Um, cause ultimately we know what happens here, but compare that to her other two seasons, her other seasons. And she's way more calculated and calm. And I think it's good to see that she learned from this. Yeah. She, it, she was definitely just, I don't know if it, if it went to her head or, or if she just, I don't know what happened. I think to her, it was so obvious that she's, she's the swing vote. Nothing else can change. I have all this power. And it's Survivor, like one person changing their mind and the game is completely flipped. Mm -hmm. 
as we eventually see. And so she's doing some negotiating. She's like, I kind of like this one. I mean, she's telling, you know, she tells Cass and um, and, and the others. She says, oh, you know, I, I don't want to vote out this person, this person, this person. Um, it, it has to be, I think she says Tony. And, and then, you know, they're kind of arguing with her. And she just sort of goes, well, the other people, they said that they would let me choose who goes home of you guys. And that's that's getting way too cocky. That's nuts. That's insane. So, but but I also think this is really funny because then Cass gets even more frustrated. And because she's kind of in her confessional, she kind of goes, why are we pandering to Sarah? Mm-hmm. Because you need her, Cass. <laughs> you need her. And Tasha, very good socially. She's just kind of being very sweet and just listening, you know, taking taking the bullshit from Sarah. Um, and she's just kind of going, you know, Cass, calm down. Like, we got to think logically. And she's just trying to, you know, play good cop with Sarah. Good cop. Ah. So that's, again, I feel like Cass is very logical. But her saying, why are we pandering to her? And it's just like, yeah, yeah you need her. But evidently, they didn't need her. No. Cap that conversation for later. Immunity challenge. They have that. I really like this one. It's the triangular structures in the water that you have to balance on. I'm not as big a fan of this one. No? I, I don't know. I, I find I prefer the one where they just sit on a pole. I like that one a lot. That's usually the first merge one. Um, yeah. They have done this standing on the triangle thing a few times. I don't know. I just feel like it's not as even. Uh, I think it's definitely tailored to certain people. And eventually the winner woo it is tailored to someone like him who has a background in karate so i don't know i just feel like it's not necessarily the most even challenge martial arts matt martial arts you're gonna offend the martial arts community apologies to the martial arts community and your five rules for life so as you said weasel woo wins um i just love a good endurance challenge that's all i'm gonna say i love all of them they get back to camp and and sarah is just rampaging again her quote that I have down here is, I get to decide I'm the president right now from her confessional. Oh. <laughs> well, as we've seen, even the president isn't untouchable. True. So due to Sarah's attitude, um, Trish can see that Sarah and Cass, there's a little bit of tension there. So she goes to Cass and says, hey, maybe you want to slide on over to our side. Trish has some underrated strategy in this season, and I don't think she gets enough credit. Because that was a smart move. And she's at a, she has a few as we go on in the show. But this is a smart move to reach out to Cass. Here's how I, here's how I describe Trish. I think she is hyper-perceptive of other people and has no idea how she's being perceived. That's a very good way of putting it. I think she can... I think she is very... She knows what's going on. But doesn't know she annoys people. And, and again, it's something that she mentions... Um, later on is that she's always putting out fires for Tony. So she's really the, you know, she's kind of the social person um, in that alliance, kind of trying to help him out, make people feel comfortable around him. So I think, but, but again, it's just like her, her, um, her persona and her attitude really rubs people the wrong way. So I think I, I do agree. I think, I don't think she gets enough credit. I think she's uh, very perceptive. But again, it's just you you have to have some so, uh, some social awareness, some self-awareness in this game of how you're being perceived and not just how how you perceive other people. So we have that. Is Cass going to flip? Who's Sarah going to go with? The drama. As we go into one of the greatest tribals in the history of the show. So at tribal, 
Tony, it's opening night for Tony. <laughs> it's after the merge, so he pulls out his idol. He says, hey, look at this. I got an idol. <laughs> Which isn't always the right play, but Tony executes it perfectly. And he refers to it as the community idol. The community idol. Again, and this is this is kind of his his cult leader-like persona where he just kind of indoctrinates all these people and they just continue to trust and believe him and believe that he's acting in all of their best interests when it's all about Tony. So he's saying that for his own interest, but so he has it out. Panic ensues. Panic. So everyone's talking and this is one of probably one of the first tribals this early on in Survivor where there is a scramble at tribal. Mm-hmm. It's become, Which is so much fun to see. It's become more common. Some people hate it, I've found. I like it. I, I like that things can change on the fly because then that's when your true gameplay comes out. How can you shift this instantly on the spot? What kind of work can you do and what mm-hmm. kind of relationships have you built to this point? And how much planning have you put in for a plan B, a plan mm-hmm. C, a plan D? So I oh I, I love it. I mean, that was basically all of Winners at War was just people scrambling at Trevor. Maybe Counter. a bit too much. Maybe a bit too much <laughs> there, but I, I, I still like it. So after the vote, Tony plays his idol for LJ. Um, it's important to note that Spencer, after Tony reveals the idol, Spencer says, we're switching the votes to the other one. The other one. Which is interesting. So they've changed their vote. We don't know who they were going to vote for, but that side has changed. So Tony is speculating. He's going, I think they were probably coming for me. So now they're probably going for LJ, the two biggest threats. So he gives his idol to LJ. And in turn, LJ plays his idol for Tony, which... I don't like that move. I, I mean, I know. I get it. I get it. I would have held it. I would have held on to it. Because you're safe. Nobody knows that you have the idol. That's true. Tony doesn't know that you, you owe him anything and he wouldn't hold that. I think what LJ was thinking though, is if they lose that vote, he's losing the game anyways. True. As a big threat, that is a good point. So the votes, it's very spooky. We get some votes for um, Jeffra. It's revealed. She's the other one. So they misplayed their idols. That's big. Oh, my God. We, we get, get our big reaction. We, we get lots of votes for Jeffra. Jeffra, Jeffra, Jeffra. And then the votes for Sarah, for Sarah start coming in. And Sarah goes home. Boom. Man. Imagine. The clapping. Right after it happens, the clapping. It's cocky. It's cocky. It's but cocky. It, so good because Sarah was so cocky and it got flipped on her so on the flip side of this we can talk about Sarah after but so on the flip side of this if it had been Jeffra if Jeffra had gone home if if Cass had stuck with them that might have been the best tribal council move ever flushing two idols and still getting the person you want out. Mm -hmm. What could have been? Mm -hmm. Thanks, Cass. So Cass flipped. I think things turned out okay. Things turned out okay. I'm I'm just saying it could have been. I mean, it was a very good tribal council, but just like imagine. It's one of those epic ones where it's, yeah, what could have happened? It's, it was an unbelievable tribal council. Unbelievable. So Sarah goes home. The thing I love about Sarah is in her confessional, she goes out with a laugh and a smile. Good sport. 
We love you good. Have to be. We love good sports on Survivor. Uh, don't throw a fit if you get outplayed. Don't throw a fit and quit. So that's it. That's the merge episode. We also get the great quote from Spencer. Oh, of course. Cass. Zero chance of winning the Zero game. Zero percent chance of winning the game. That's why we love Spencer. I love Spencer for that. I love him. I like to think, as a skinny white dude, I relate to Spencer a lot. I think... I think I would be like Spencer. Not as smart. <laughs> I'd be like Tony. <laughs> love Tony. I love Tony. <laughs> He's the king. So... A very good pre-merge, I would say. I'd say it's exceptional, and it culminates with that merge episode. And I I sometimes am guilty of proclaiming things are one of the best in Survivor history. It happens I know time that. Time. I know that. <laughs> this is one of the best merge episodes in Survivor history. Oh, very good. Would you agree with me on that? I, I would agree, yes. It's, it's unbelievable. It's great drama, and it's such a good build-up to the ultimate climax. It's I just love this episode. Yeah, well, and I definitely, I feel like, because the thing is, some seasons of Survivor, they have a very good pre-merge and they trail off in the post-merge. Some seasons of Survivor build slowly and you get a very good post-merge. This one? just keeps coming. It just keeps going, because that's the thing. Because at, at this point, if you're watching it live, you're going, man, this has been crazy. Like, where can it go from here? How can it get better than this? And it does. It continues to build. It builds off of this. It continues to build. Um, lots of groundwork laid early on for a lot of the key players. And we also, I think in the post-merge, we get to learn a little bit more about some of the players who might not have gotten as much airtime. In the, I'm kind of going non-spoilers because we're looking ahead, but we get a little bit more airtime for some of the interesting characters that might not have gotten as much early on. Mm -hmm. So that is that. Um Matt, final thoughts heading into the second half of Kageon. I mean, if you're watching this live, like you said, and you're at this point in the season, you must be super excited for what's ahead. And yeah, I just think that's an unbelievable first half of a season. And uh, yeah, excited for the second half. Yeah, I think it's a wild ride and you just kind of have to let it take you because it's very good. All right, that was our rewatch, part one, season 28, Survivor, Kageon, Brains versus Brawn versus Beauty. Uh, a pretty crazy pre-merge. Uh, I'm really excited to finish this one off. Very good. So we'll be back with part two. I don't know when, Matt. We took a long break. I might release part two a little bit quicker than usual. It's what the fans want. Well, not... These are our friends. It's not our friends want. Not our fans. Our friends. So... I think we might, I might, I might, I don't know when it's going to be out. I might toss it out earlier just because we've been out of the game for a little bit here. Mm -hmm. Get us back in with, uh, with a vengeance. Why not? So we'll see you then. Um, or I guess if you're binging these in the future, then we'll see you just like in a couple minutes here. Mm -hmm. Wow. Miss you already. Technology. Super meta. All right. Kageon, part two coming up next. Matt. Good night. Good night.